Welcome to Big G in Conversation, the podcast from inside Guelph City Hall. I'm Wendy King, and today we're talking about something very timely with the summer heat and all the important discussion about climate change. Our topic is Guelph's tree canopy, the thought that goes into it, how to combat invasive pests now and in the future, and the plans for our trees. Let's get this conversation started. As we all swelter in the summer heat, what better topic than trees and how much we need them? Joining me today are Dave Beaton, Program Director, Forest and Sustainable Landscape Public Services, and Timia Filer, Urban Forestry Technologist. So welcome. Thank Thank you. So obviously Guelph is such a beautiful city of trees and a lot of thought and work goes into all the planning and planting and protection. But maybe first off, could you just explain to me what do you mean by tree canopy? Yeah, a tree canopy is really considered all the trees in our city, you know, trees in our backyards, parks, on our streets, natural areas, and again, all through the city. So the city, as I understand it, has a 20-year urban forest management plan. So how is that coming along? Yeah, we've implemented the the urban forest management plan in 2014. We've updated the implementation of the first phase in 2020, and we're now in the second phase. So the first phase really focused on developing urban forest policy, standards and guidelines, uh, dedicating additional resources to our urban forest initiatives, um, building community frameworks through partnerships, engagement, and stewardship. The the second phase now of four builds on the momentum of the first phase of the plan. So based on that, we're focusing on maintaining our ongoing initiatives and programs, preserving and increasing urban forest canopy cover, proactive risk management and maintenance, monitoring the effectiveness of how we manage our forests, and valuation of goods and services of our trees and building on community collaboration and engagement. So I think you said uh, it kind of started in 2014. Um, Any notable outcomes from then to now? Yeah, well, we've made some great progress. Uh, Most notable to mention would be completion of our urban forest study, uh, development and implementation of Uh, tree-related standards, guidelines, and best practices uh, through our tree technical manual, uh, increased management uh, of natural areas, uh, completion of our forest inventory, and um, importantly, our increased capacity for community engagement and coordination of community stewardship activities. And we've really, on that front, we've really been able to to jump in and, and do quite a bit of implementation of a lot of the items as we've been going along. So yeah, we've been doing a lot of the planning, but we've also been jumping right into, into the doing. And what would you say are the goals with the plan, um, we'll say for the near future? Yeah, so some of the examples of work on the horizon include review of the private tree protection bylaw, Uh, development and implementation of our one canopy tree planting strategy uh, to increase our canopy cover, Uh, development of forest management plans in conjunction with our natural heritage action related uh, plans, Uh, development of an invasive species management plan, Uh, implementation of proactive inspection and grid pruning cycles, and continuing to increase and expand our, our ability to implement the urban forest management plan. 
You know, I think, as you mentioned, there's always threats and, you know, over the last few summers, especially residents have come to know a lot of them, uh, uh, the moth problem, the one year emerald ash borer. Um, and I, I'm assuming those, if they're not always the same things, there's always a threat somewhere along the line. So what um, has the city done to address any of those uh, species, I guess? Yeah, well, so with emerald ash borer, it's reached most of the trees in the city, as, as many people know, and it's expected that close to 100% of the city's untreated trees and, you know, in streets, parks and woodlands just won't survive. Most recently, we focused on removal and replacement of ash trees on streets and in parks. Um, our natural areas most impacted by the emerald ash borer had significant numbers of trees removed over the last few years, mostly to maintain public safety. Now in the ninth year of the the 10 year Emerald Ash Borer Plan, our focus is really on recovery of natural areas most impacted by the Emerald Ash Borer. Um, this includes removal uh, and control of invasive buckthorn and planting a diversity of trees and shrubs to replace lost canopy and to help restore damaged ecosystems in those areas. Just to follow up on that, if I could, when you said you removed a lot of ash trees, is that the only thing you can do with that once they have that? Yeah, we have been treating some ash trees with a pesticide called triazine, um, but that's not uh, a sustainable solution. So what we've been doing as most mu municipalities have is removing ash trees that have died um, as a result of the emerald ash borer. Oh, that's too bad. Um, and Dave, when you when you um, move these uh, invasive species, does that set you up for future success then? Yes, uh, with a lot of the work that we're doing on invasive species, so some of the things are situations like their um, bugs like emerald ash borer, which we really have very lim limited uh, items that we can do other than we are working for introduction of some of the um, biopests that that will attack them, but that's a very long-term solution. But for the work that we are doing on invasive plant species, we've been doing a lot of work with buckthorn and other non-native plants um, that have been out competing uh, our native plants and trees for growing space and light. And so we uh, remove and control this competition using sort of, in many cases, um, chemical means to, to, to remove them. Um, and that allow the the um, native plants to sort of grow up in between them. Um, but in places where they were very heavily impacted, uh, we've had to uh, treat them, then remove the uh, buckthorn so that we can end up planting uh, new trees uh, in uh, to, for their sort of long-term success. So a great example of that is in Heritage Park on the west side of the river between Wyndham and Neve Street. And at a very high density of buckthorn, um, we and we treated that over the previous uh, several years, and then we have done some plantings in that area to increase the biodiversity, to um, make it a more, more welcoming space, and to um, increase our healthy uh, canopy. So it's not just about canopy; it's about healthy, biodiverse canopy. And we also did some similar projects, um, sort of nice demonstration projects that sort of tie in with both our um, uh, our designation as a B city, um, in behind the boathouse, in behind the lawn bowling club, um, in the covered bridge, where we removed a number of um, a number of invasive species in along that area and have replaced that with uh, very pollinator friendly trees and shrubs 
that'll be lower growing that will sort of have that sort of um, great biodiversity, but also uh, providing viewscapes to the the covered bridge and such. So, and we've been working with a number of uh, community groups as well. Um, in places like Burns Drive Park, uh, we've been working there with uh, community groups to treat um, the the buckthorn that has been heavily invaded that their woodlot, and working with the uh, local stewards to uh, replace that with native vegetation. So, both expanding the forest cover, but also just uh, in in many cases just converting the non-native and um, um, really ecologically desert-like um, uh, components of having invasive species uh, with something a little bit more biodiverse. And so, um, you know, we've been working uh, in other areas as well with with a lot of community groups and we're, be, we're working towards having more of a, uh, an, an adopt-a-space community stewardship program to be working with groups like the Wolf on Park stewards uh, to be increasing the biodiversity in, in those areas. So. Yeah, I wanted to ask you that because obviously this is like nonstop work and checking and assessment and all of that. So you really do uh, need your residents to be involved in that, as you've mentioned. Yeah, it's, it has been absolutely critical and people have sort of really, um, really leaned leaned into that and in, in a number of areas. So. Yeah, um, but the other the great thing about some of the invasive species control is in many cases we need to do it for uh, for the replanting, but in, in some cases, just by doing some of the interventions, we are able to uh, allow the forest areas to recover themselves. And so in many cases, if the infestations are not as severe as the ones I already mentioned, we can just do an intervention and then let uh, the natural processes um, uh, regenerate our forests. What do you ask of residents in general? I just kind of keep an eye out on their own property for for starters that is a great that is a great start to end up having uh, people um, uh, eliminating the the invasive species that are on uh, their property on making sure that they aren't um, throwing uh, their garden waste over the fence into our natural areas where where things might escape into our our um, natural areas um, and then we have an um, an active stewardship program where people can come out and get involved with some of our invasive species control or um, the replanting efforts. Um, again, I mentioned some of the community groups, but there's an increasing number of them around or uh, partnerships with Trees for Guelph and such. Um, I guess this is kind of a, a hard question, maybe impossible, but any idea what the next threat might be or what are you keeping an eye on specifically? we've had quite a few things on our radar in terms of tree invasives. I mean, we've had emerald ash borer and most recently spongy moth. Um, but uh, coming up in terms of, of tree invasives, um, there's, there's very few, there's nothing recently detected in Ontario, but there's always uh, always things to watch for. Uh, oak wilt is something that's uh, that we're watching for. Um, hem hemlock woolly adelgid is something that's nearby as well, but all of these are monitored by the Canadian Food Inspection Agency, and so we uh, we rely on uh, those experts and, and others to guide us in terms of what we're watching for in the future. But uh, currently, um, 
I'm I'm happy to stand back a little bit from the spongy moth um, as those populations have have decreased definitely this year. And just to just on with other species that other invasive species less tree related, but essentially um, shows our approaches. It's not just about it's not just about waiting and monitoring. It's about early detection and rapid response. So in places like uh, people will have heard of giant hogweed. We've um, put in considerable effort to eliminate um, giant hogweed from the city. And now we've just have sort of an ongoing mopping up exercise to try and keep that um, that really uh, dangerous invasive out of the, the city. So similar approaches that of species that might come up in the forestry uh, end of things. If we hear of something, we will um, take rapid action to try and keep our forests safe. I did want to ask you to uh, a couple of uh, questions ago. You mentioned that you uh, Guelph is a bee city. Would you be able to elaborate on that a little bit? Sure, I'll take that one. So um, the as we've worked with a number of our community groups um, uh, and the, the city has has committed as both the city and the city at large with a number of our community groups to be promoting um, pollinator habitat. As we all know, we need pollinators to for the food that we eat. And so we are working to encourage uh, more native plantings, uh, more, um, yeah, uh, more pollinator, pollination rich um, uh, landscapes. And so we're doing a number of um, exercises throughout the city, be it in some meadow management, in some uh, getting rid of the invasive species uh, to make our uh, community better uh, for um, for for pollination. So it's we, we have a number of things at a policy level, but also on an action level. It always seems to me that uh, Guelph residents seem very engaged in whatever whatever topic we're talking about. There's always a, a resident compound that I ha I have found through doing these uh, podcasts that they're really engaged and interested in what you're doing. So obviously, as you were mentioning, there's a lot of community involvement in your your canopy strategy. Yeah, the the community. Oh, sorry, Dave. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just gonna say 100%. Over to you, Tobia. Yeah, no. I the community. I mean, we've noticed the community has definitely become more aware of the role that they play in monitoring and managing for invasives. Um, we've done a lot of communication, but you know, residents are reaching out to us. They're they're educating themselves and they're being proactive in getting information and then reaching out. Um, many residents are taking their you know action on their own property treating their own ash trees, for example, for the emerald ash borer or sp uh, trapping spongy moth um, or removing buckthorn from, from their properties. And as Dave mentioned earlier, there's there's been an uptake um, in, in community volunteers and in the work that we're doing in terms of, uh, in terms of invasive management on some of our uh, natural area uh, restoration projects. And how does all of your strategy tie in with the city's overall strategic priorities? The the one canopy plan that we're been working on uh, that Tamia has done an incredible amount of work on is um, ties in most directly with our um, 
in most significantly investing in our increasing our uh, Guelph's urban forest canopy fits in within the sustainability uh, pillar and sort of building a resilient urban forest to uh, help mitigate the effects of climate change as Guelph continues to develop and grow. So um, our canopy is also just working together as, as um, uh, one canopy is also about working together with the community and so that's for the environmental and well-being. So I think that it's got a um, many, many links to each of the pillars, but those are the strongest. Uh, also, obviously, there's a cost that comes with all of this planning and supervising and studying. Um, do you ha have all that in line with the, the city council or do you have to keep going back? I guess you go back every year. How does that work exactly for funding? Well, the council has been very supportive of the work of of our urban forest management plan, and if anything, the the uh, council is very uh, much in be behind the 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 work that we have been doing. Um, it is quite a resource intensive thing, and particularly with the very um, high target rate of trying to get to 40% canopy cover, is is uh, going to be a, a costly endeavor, and so uh, we will be. Um, we are already well supported by council and council has been very much prompting us to to move further to move faster and, uh, and we are working on that and and we're looking to end up having um, some additional asks to end up helping us ramp up from where we are now to the 40% canopy cover that we'll be looking for in the future because um, the at the moment we are at 23.3% canopy cover, so trying to get to the 40% is is going to be um, a real challenge and is going to in involve uh, both uh, investments by the city itself and by community members as the uh, more than half of the Guelph's land available for tree planting um, is outside of city ownership. So we're, we're going to be needing to have private residences, businesses, uh, institutions stepping up to do um, to do more. Yeah, that's interesting. And, you know, with all the talk of climate change, uh, especially I, I think this summer, maybe it's just my impression, but it just seems like people are maybe finally getting it and realizing how important all of this is, you know, um, we're always into like, you know, construction and all that. But really, without the trees, where are we? 100% and with climate change and with the drought that we're currently experiencing, uh, one plug that I would definitely be putting out to the the public is please help us water your the tree in front of your property, water the trees on your, we are in a level two drought, but um, uh, watering our trees is exempt from those watering bans and, and uh, water equals life uh, for our trees. And so we really need uh, your support. We are uh, doing our absolute maximum to try and get water out, but Mother Nature is not cooperating with us at the moment. And that is uh, likely to be the case more and more as we move into the future. Perfect. Just a, a couple of quick fun questions for you both. Um, favorite tree or forested area in Guelph? Um, I'll jump in. My favorite tree is a, a white pine just for its sheer majestic beauty and, and the size that, that they can grow to. Um, and I would say one of my favorite areas is preservation park um, simply because of the, the size of the area and the diversity of, uh, of native trees in there. It's quite beautiful. Dave? 
And I, yeah, I'll go also with Preservation Park or Hanlon Creek Conservation Area, that giant area. And there's a particular black cherry along one of the boardwalks that's in the shape of a four. And it just, it always captures my, uh, my imagination. Awesome. Um, to me, where do people find out more about all of what you're planning? Do you have a website we could throw out for people? Yeah, if you visit um, like guelph.ca forward slash trees. guelph.ca forward slash trees. Well, I am off to Google spongy moth and buckthorn. <laughs> That's that's what I'm going to do today. So really, thank you so much, guys, for your uh, all your great information and uh, all your hard work as well. Thank you very much for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. I'm Wendy King with the City of Guelph's Big G in Conversation podcast. Thanks for joining me. If you have ideas for a show or comments, you can email biggpodcast at guelph.ca. Until next time, take care, and let's keep the conversation going.